People of the world, welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 292. Today on the show, the main story is Twitter launching ticketed spaces. Oh, ticketed space. Are you serious? What does that mean? That means that, you know, you thought you could just go places on the internet and they'd be free or maybe there'd be ads, but oh, capitalism is pervasive, which is to say that uh, these spaces on Twitter are going to be under lock and key and you gotta pay if you want the access. Main story of the day. We're also gonna be talking about how most popular posts on Facebook are plagiarized. Um, all links to all the articles are right there in the description. Um, you can post any LinkedIn job as almost any employer. It's a wild story we're gonna cover. The feds wanna break up Facebook. Um, and the final story that we will be talking about today is uh, will, well, no, Google will continue to pay Apple billions to keep you from using Bing because <laughs> they want to continue to be the default search engine on places like Safari. But let's start with our main story today, Twitter launching ticketed spaces as a beta for some iOS users. These are the beginnings of paid live audio rooms. Twitter, according to TheVerge.com, is beginning its rollout of ticketed spaces or paid live audio rooms. The company announced yesterday that it's, excuse me, that it is experimenting with the feature for some iOS users. Quote, uh, no, it's taking us a little bit of time, but we're going to get it there for you. Fantastic, right? So hosts can charge uh, between $1 and $999 to their ticketed rooms, the test group participants will initially keep 90% of the money. So uh, Twitter's gonna take 3% um, up to 20%. So let's flesh out this idea. As it stands today, you are able as an individual to kind of move freely on the internet um, with relative ease. Um, there aren't that many paywalls that are gonna prevent you from accessing information. now. You could argue that Netflix is a gigantic paywall. So they've got all of this um, incredible content that you can't access um, unless you are willing to pay. Now, it is interesting to me that Netflix never followed the model of YouTube because obviously they came from the DVD world where it just made sense to get that subscription. You can enjoy YouTube um, as long as you can suffer through the ads. The ads, of course, are in the content now as well as outside of it internal and external ads. And now we have the fleshing out of what you could argue is great for hosts, great for the Twitter creators who wanna make a bunch of money. They wanna do a special live audio thing. Maybe they'll talk with their guests, meet and greet, stuff like that. Um, and they can charge for it. So if they wanted to do something like this without Twitter, I'm not sure where they would go precisely to have people pay and uh, join a particular place. I suppose you could do a paid webinar. That would be an example. Um, but having it under the Twitter umbrella does make a lot of sense. I don't see myself as a user. Um, I can't imagine a scenario where I would pay to enter into an audio room on Twitter. I'm not the key demographic, however. So if Justin Bieber is uh, 
is out there and he's going to do some special concert say, or, Oh, who knows? There's a million different things. Uh, gurus could have, you know, just a room full of 15 people and, you know, sign up now. And, and it's, you know, a hundred, hundred bucks in the first 15 get to do this super special mastermind. I mean, there's a million different ways this can go. And Twitter will see revenue from this for sure. Um, because they are basically leveraging the power of these influential people on their platforms. And then of course, uh, the vast majority of people, um, that aren't, aren't nearly as popular will still get some revenue. Twitter will see all of that revenue. Um, and by all of it, I mean their percentage, call it 3% up to 20%. So these pay gates are going to continue along the hierarchical existence of humanity, um, which is to say that we, as people, we do this. You know, if you've got the money, you're willing to fork it over, um, then you get into the special room. Um, you could argue that this is classist. You could make all kinds of arguments. But at the end of the day, if you want access to TV, you got to pay for it. Netflix pay for it. It is the natural extension of um, our economy. And uh, this information age is, uh, is no different. And so Twitter looking to get a piece of the pie. Will Facebook do something like this where it's uh, pay to be in a certain group? Well, their eyes are on Twitter, right? We'll see how that goes. Uh, I wonder if Google would ever charge for search. You know what I mean? You just got to wonder in these boardrooms um, of people making these decisions thinking, oh, what could we, you know, how could we extract more money from our users. They're always thinking of something. Twitter tends to lead the way um, in terms of wanting to extract money. So there you have it. The pay gates aren't going anywhere. Twitter launching ticketed spaces. You're going to be hearing a lot more about that in the future. Verge.com, the most popular posts on Facebook are plagiarized the conventional wisdom according to the article around the widely viewed content report that Facebook released last week is that it obscured more than it revealed the company's effort to demonstrate that most users do not regularly see divisive news stories divisive in their feeds received widespread criticism for offering only the highest level view of the data possible the most shared domain on Facebook is YouTube.com. Great, thanks, according to the article. So the author, Casey Newton, continues, but in recent days, I've spent more time looking at the data Facebook actually did share. And while it's true that it tells us little about hot button issues like the spread of COVID-19, da-da-da-da-da. So... Facebook, the most popular posts on Facebook are plagiarized. So let's let's dive into that. Plagiarism has been around since the dawn of time. And if you go into any high school English classroom, you will find people that are plagiarizing content. Um, it is obviously a fine line between plagiarism and simply learning from someone else um, it's so funny to me. What they used to say um, to me in, in English class was just read it, okay? Just read the thing and then put it aside and then write it in your own words. But basically say, 
exactly what they just got done saying. So, you know, that is so funny to me because that's not plagiarism. But if you copy paste, it is. And so it's like anything. It's um, it's not so simple, like the ball goes in the net or it doesn't. Um, there are shades of gray. There are degrees of plagiarism. There are obvious examples and not so obvious examples. And in the world of Facebook, the vast majority of the players are not businesses. And so as individuals, there's very little repercussion for folks to simply plagiarize content. And then all the news organizations nowadays have access to all the other news. I mean, it's not as if the New York Times is putting out a paper and they're the only one that called it on that day and there's not going to be another news cycle until the next day. In those times, plagiarism was a big deal because if you were first to break a news story, it took you know a full day for the competitors to scramble um, to try to uh, meet where you were at. And so nowadays... It takes about, you know, five seconds. And this whole idea that you can just kind of rewrite the story is, you know, the tale as old as time and we're all in English class again. Um, and so it is not surprising at all. Let's say someone breaks a story and they've got half a million followers and then someone grabs it real quick, retools it, let's say. Um, and they've got 22 million followers. Well, obviously, uh, you could argue that that particular content is plagiarized and that that person... Um, didn't deserve it, but it's really uh, just goes to show that we have sanctified the popularity contest. Um, literally, our governance is based on it. Uh, the number of votes someone receives determines how much power they will have, largely. And uh, the same is true online. Um, the arguments against uh, popular will being uh, uh, good for us are well documented over time. It's not as if uh, popularity is always right, or the popular consensus is right. There are many, many historical examples of where that has gone atrociously wrong. And yet we continue to do it. We continue to um, live in this space because how do you stop it? Um, the, the most popular sites, um, at least theoretically, remain popular because people continue to go back to them. People continue to invest energy into them. So not surprising to me at all that uh, most of Facebook posts, at least according to this article, are plagiarized again. What exactly does that mean? Bleepingcomputer.com. You can post LinkedIn jobs as almost any employer. So can attackers. Anyone can create a job listing on the leading recruitment platform LinkedIn on behalf of just about any employer, no verification needed. And worse, the employer cannot easily take these down. This is too good. This reminds me of how in Google My Business, there is a question and answer section and anyone can write any question they want and the uh, business owner cannot take those questions down. For example, Let's say you are the owner of a personal injury attorney firm and someone writes the question, why do you exploit your clients endlessly and uh, why are you the worst lawyers ever known in the history of um, all lawyers? Uh, that's just up there now. <laughs> you can respond to it. Um, anyone can respond to it. Just wild. Uh, any 
competitor could get in there and just write garbage. Um, they could just come up with some fake account and write it. Um, I don't think Google has much of a way to stop it, you know, just because it's not really that rampant, but it exists as a problem similar to this LinkedIn problem. Uh, similarly, you could go up to a burrito shop and, and you could, um, you could just make outlandish claims or it could be completely wrong or false or, or uh, completely irrelevant. And yet it sticks, which is pretty wild. So now LinkedIn's got this issue where anybody can go to the platform and uh, put in some job listing. So from the article quote that, that might not be anything new, but the feature and lacks verification on career websites paves the way for attackers to post bogus listings for malicious purposes. So if, for example, if you were to go to LinkedIn and apply for a job and they asked for personal information, well, then you could be falling into a trap. LinkedIn clearly needs to do something to address this, but it's very difficult because you want employers to post jobs. You have a financial incentive for them to do that. Um, at the very minimum, I assume that LinkedIn would have some sort of gate where you would have to log in. Hmm. So according to the article this week, Harman Singh, a security expert and managing consultant at SciSphere, or SciSphere, uh, shared a feature with Bleeping Computer that was quite unsettling. He says, quote, anyone can post a job under a company's LinkedIn account, and it appears exactly the same as a job advertised by a company. Whoa. Quote, I have checked it, but stopped short of posting a job, but it goes fine till the preview, saying told Bleeping Computer in an email interview. While some may already be aware of this feature, for others, it might be an appalling finding. Yeah, so obviously, um, this is something LinkedIn needs to address. The feds want to break up Facebook, according to cbsnews.com. Facebook critics have cheered as the Biden administration trained its sights on the company for practices that federal regulators say invade people's privacy, unfairly squash rivals, and more generally maintain its stranglehold on the social media world. The recently expanded lawsuit filed by the Federal Trade Commission openly characterizes co-founder Mark Zuckerberg as an old-school monopolist, raising the hopes of detractors and rivals alike that the government may even push to smash his brainchild into pieces. So, according to this article, don't bet on it. Antitrust experts and Wall Street analysts say the U.S. faces long odds in its battle with Facebook. So, first of all, Facebook is a global entity. And so even if you were to attack it within the United States, it's still everywhere. <laughs> and essentially, governments are going to want to extract as much tax revenue from these companies. They're not going to want to drive them overseas. They don't want that tax revenue going anywhere but the United States. It continues to be a, an asset for the United States. Uh, they're an employer, it's good for the economy, et cetera, okay. Now, there are a million criticisms of Facebook, uh, privacy issues, um, facial recognition issues, uh, 
some friends of mine and I moved to Signal, um, which is not Facebook Messenger because apparently they're mining that data too, because why wouldn't they? Selling the data, Cambridge Analytica, blah, blah, blah. So the government has an incentive to protect the citizenry, um, but it has to balance it with all of the things that I just mentioned. So the legislation that they're looking to enact or the uh, the lawsuits that they're pitting against them, it's all part of what I would argue is a negotiation. It's a negotiation um, because there isn't much of an incentive to shut down Facebook completely. Um, and so they need to both get what they want. Not to mention, again, if you were to just have a complete holy fervor um, and war against a company like Facebook, they just move. If it gets too crazy, they just get up and move, go somewhere else. Um, Facebook by no means is attached to the United States. They could very, very easily. I mean, they, they are literally the, the shining example of a decentralized global entity. So they just leave um, if things, if things get too wild. And I think the legislators know that and there isn't enough global coordination for countries to do anything other than attack a company like Facebook or negotiate on an individual country level. Um, we've been covering Facebook stories in Australia and, and how they're being sued by different countries at different times. And there's different precedents being set. But again, it just goes to show that that as a global entity, it, it here's a terrible analogy. Mind you, I think Facebook's an incredible tool. Uh, and I think if you don't want to use it, don't use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just don't, don't use it. Um, you, you do not need Facebook in your life. Now, if you're a small business and, you, and you're getting revenue and clients from Facebook, then sure, you can argue that similar to Google, you kind of need it. And if they shut you down, that's not okay um, because they've become, it'd be like getting locked out of the, the yellow pages back in the day. Um, which would not be okay for a business unless there's some really good reason as to why that occurred. So the analogy I'm going to make is like roaches. You can't, you can't squash Facebook. You can't do it. It's just not going to happen. Either the population of the world is going to change their opinion on it and then they'll lose in the marketplace. That would be the only way I could imagine Facebook uh, going down. Um, that or a coordinated multinational effort for multiple countries to simultaneously pass laws that affect Facebook in a negative way. Um, other than that, it's, uh, it's just going to keep, keep chugging along as far as I'm concerned, but uh, you can get a lot of play as a politician fighting against Facebook. And years ago, I called this. I mean, I, I was, I, I kept saying that politicians are going to get, are going to be made um, off of their stance on social media. And now it's really, really coming to fruition. Um, Biden, the Democrats here are, can get a lot of, lot of publicity going after Facebook. And uh, that's part of their job because they have to continue to win the population contest. Final article of the day, Google will continue to pay Apple billions to keep you from using Bing. <laughs> Gizmodo.com. Google, quote, seems to have no problem doling out cash to ensure it remains the search engine of choice. Documents have shown 
The company offers financial incentives to smartphone manufacturers to keep its app store front and center. Oh, they must be making a lot of money on that. And it pays developers to offer their games in Google Play. The company also says, excuse me, pays Apple a hefty sum to remain the default in the company's Safari browser. This year, it's estimated to be about 15, wait for it, billion dollars. $15 billion. And then, you, and then you think about, you know, someone in Africa who can't get cataract surgery because um, this person is uh, doesn't have 30 bucks, you know, to travel to the clinic in the city where they could get that done. And meanwhile, can't see. So $15 billion, this to me elucidates the system and is just kind of just I don't know how to put it it's on one on one level it's perfect right on one level it's the the money flows in such a way that we continue to make technological progress and are able to evolve and move forward in humanity in a way that is perfect. Okay, that's that's one channel. Another channel is how could we possibly be so greedy? <laughs> how could we possibly mismanage our money to this degree? Absolutely shocking amount of money. You know, so it's just like, just say, you know, Safari is like, you know what, 14 billion. And then a thousand people get a million dollars, you know, a thousand impoverished people get a million dollars or, or countless dollars are spent, you know, helping the homeless. It's just absolutely wild to me, the way we rationalize value um, in this world and that dollar amount, 15 billion, just to be the default browser. I mean, we are literally talking about some engineer somewhere filling in a line of code that says google.com as opposed to bing.com because that person makes that particular move. There's $15 billion of value and doesn't change it. Someone could just go in and like hack the system and change it to bing for a day. How much was that worth? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? How much was that worth? 6 million. So I, I don't, I don't know if we're going to uh, find a way to more adequately distribute our money um, as a as a species. You know, try to make it uh, a better place. But that that just to me stands in stark contrast to a lot of the goals. But again, let's take a look at uh, so let's play the play devil's advocate. Um, Microsoft does an enormous amount of work, and they got to pay their employees somehow too, don't they? And uh, this is the big payday for them. This is what they've been working for. They deserve that money um, because of uh, their infrastructure, and they're putting that money into the economy. It's just it is a shocking dollar amount, a shocking dollar amount. And then it just goes to show how much money Google has. I mean, they're absolutely free to say, you know what, 15 billion makes a lot of sense. 
Um, what ends up happening, mind you, is that uh, you as the small business owner or as the entrepreneur, when you go to run Google ads, uh, you're paying for that. Let's be very clear about that. Um, you are paying in your Google ads for Google to, I mean, that's your 15 billion. <laughs> that's your 15 billion. You know, someone clicks on your ad, you pay six bucks. Let's say a dollar of that goes to Microsoft. So that Google remains the default search browser. I mean, Google makes the vast majority of its money off of Google ads. And so just like with taxes, you know, you're driving down the road, you go, yeah, I'm paying for this and I'm paying for the police officer to pull me over and I'm paying for the fire person to help over there and I'm paying for the teacher to teach that person's kids. And and we all are, you know, the interdependence is, it's pretty far out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Marketing is a Foreign Language, episode 292. Normally I recap today, I'm not gonna do that. If you want to support the show, if you have any interest in showing us some love, youtube.com forward slash send it rising, S-E-N-D-I-T-R-I-S-I-N-G.com. Who do you know who needs the website? Search engine optimization, pay-per-click help, LinkedIn help, Facebook help. I have the best team uh, that I've ever had. Currently they are absolutely incredible people. Uh, we build gorgeous websites and uh, we do incredible internet marketing for many, many clients all over the world. So who do you know who needs help growing their business? We would love to help. Thanks for swinging by the show today. Appreciate it. And we'll see you all for next episode.